It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. James and I have rested up with our day off, and we're back. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapini. Today, we talk to the Bengals director of college scouting, Mike Potts. That's coming your way in segments two and three. But first, James, let's talk about the new Bengals numbers. The rookies, the drafted rookies anyway, have their numbers assigned. And obviously, we all knew Jamar Chase was getting number one. He'll be the first Cincinnati Bengal to ever don the number one. That's really exciting stuff for him. Jackson Carmen, 79. Joseph Osai, 58. And let's pause here because there's going to be a theme that emerges, and it's going to start with Joseph Osai taking Carl Lawson's 58. These guys are taking <laughs> yesterday's Bengals, man. You forget about your ex and move on right now because we got new guys wearing these numbers. That's your drawer, honey. That, that That's not my ex's drawer. That's your drawer. That's your side of the bed. Forget the old, in with the new. You're right, Joseph Osai, 58. Cam Sample, 96. Carlos who? Tyler Shelvin, 99. Deontay Smith, 70. Evan McPherson, number two. Who else wore number two? Mike Nugent. Or number two back in the day, Jake, as you have a big smile about the Nugent days. Trey Hill, number 63. And how about this? Giovanni Bernard out the door. Chris Evans comes in as this pass-catching, great route-running, great hands-running back. Number 25 with the Cincinnati Bengals. And Wyatt Hubert, interesting, takes Josh Bynes as 56. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit interesting to me that, that he takes a linebacker number, 56, when I think he's still going to be an edge rusher for the Bengals for the most part. He might kick inside a little bit for them. Might not have the size to do that too much if he makes a team. They have a lot of depth, and that's something that we're going to talk to Mike Potts about is the depth on the defensive line a little bit. Joseph Osai also going 58 instead of a number in the 90s because he started as a linebacker at Texas, much like Carl Lawson at Auburn with that number in the 50s. And and what I think is interesting about this is is the similar roles that some of these guys are going to play. Like if I had to pick early in their career, who's going to play three three downs between Joseph Osai and Drew, and uh, not Drew Sample? This is going to be a thing now, James. Cam Sample, <laughs> uh, I would say Cam Sample is more likely to play three downs early in his career. And Joseph Osai is more likely to be the pass rushing specialist, much like you know, I would say Carlos Dunlap in, in recent years for the Bengals was the three down guy. And Carl Lawson, despite his efficacy as a pass rusher, was a pass rushing specialist. So I do like that little uh, transposition of numbers. Maybe that's the wrong word that the continuation, the tradition, maybe that's getting built into these numbers, perhaps, or maybe it'll be short lived. I also really love Tyler Shelvin's 99, James. 99 and 98 beside each other just for the sheer mass between those two men when they're on the field together 
that will be something to behold. Well, that jersey's so big, you need the biggest numbers to try to cover it up. It's just all about proportions, Jake. So, yeah, he had to go with 99. He was almost forced to. It's a huge, huge man, huge number for a huge man. I mean, right beside 98, too. Really like that. But but no bad numbers here, right? Like, I don't dislike any of these numbers. Do you have any number numbers that you don't like for positions that you see on this list that that stand out? No, absolutely not. I think it was – and that's that's part of why we're seeing the Carlos Dunlap's number replaced and some of these guys' numbers – being replaced because those are the good numbers mm-hmm. and there are only so many of them that stand out and, and that's why they stand out. And at least part of the reason my favorite is obviously Chase's number one, because it's the first time in franchise history. I think it's going to look so damn cool. I, I think about the calls that Dan Horde is going to have on the Bengals radio broadcast. You know, he's going to put together some kind of nine one one type of reference when it's Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. And, and I don't know where the the other one's coming from, but I am glad that Chase went with one over 11, which was something that a lot of people had mocked before the, the new rules from the NFL that were passed last month. I just wasn't sure that the Bengals were going to let Jamar Chase wear number one. I was very happy to see them quickly get that resolved, let him become the first Bengal to wear the number. I'm sure some of that goes hand in hand with the new stripes thing, right? And and the the branding they're trying to push right now with all these LSU guys that that they're bringing up to to the, I guess Bayou North. Is this going to be a thing? LSU North for sure, right? LSU North, LSU Midwest, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, it's fun, and you like all the players. I mean, the the worst one of the group prospect wise is Thaddeus Moss. Wow. That's, that's a good problem to have. A bayou is kind of like a jungle. It sort of, they're both like tropically, you know, there's, there's a lot of water around. There's a lot of vegetation. So, you know, bayou, jungle, tigers, Bengals. Why not? National championships, Super Bowls. I mean, one can dream. One can dream. Let's talk to Mike Potts, shall we? Let's get into a nice long conversation with the Bengals director of college scouting about some of the Bengals draft picks. What made some of them stand out? Maybe what the plans are for these defensive linemen and what makes a kicker special enough to pick in the fifth round? That conversation coming up next. Hey, Bengals fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America to get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Total Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text draft at 231231. That's draft at 231231. Message and data rates may apply. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. As we mentioned, those diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, designed by 10 female design masters, each of them uniquely beautiful. 
ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. The ring from Platte Boutique is amazing. It's simple, it's clean, but the vintage details are incredible. It's a perfect little ring. It's timeless. It'll make the perfect gift. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. We're now talking to Bengals Director of College Scouting, Mike Potts. Mike, welcome to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It was a busy weekend for you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on. We appreciate you being here. Obviously, we need to start with the first the first Bengals pick, I should say, in the 2021 draft. And I don't necessarily want to spend a ton of time here because I feel like we've talked Jamar Chase to death at this point, but this is a special player, right? The debate that was going on for Cincinnati fans for a long time between Penny Sewell and Jamar Chase is pretty well documented at this point. How did it go in the building? Was there a similar debate? What did it take to get everybody on the same page with Jamar Chase? If that was indeed the conversation, if it was Chase versus Sewell at Paul Brown stadium. Yeah, there was a ton of different conversations. Um, obviously, you, you know, the, the scouts and coaches and ownership here in Cincinnati all have a voice in, in the decision. And everybody had a lot of great opinions and discussion points and, you know, there, there's strategy involved in it. There's there's best player for the Bengals this season um, as, as a, you know, also going forward, you know, what what has the chance to make us the best team going into the future. So there was a, a ton of great discussions. We thought there was some really elite talent there at the top of the draft, it, it probably would have taken us, um, you know, a, a heavy load of, of picks to, to move back too far off of that spot. And um, we're, we're really happy that we got Jamar and we, and we think it worked out really well for us. Mike, there, there's so much speculation, like Jake said, not even just, you know, Chase or Sewell, but trade downs, you know, all this different type of uh, draft hype that, that goes into it. When did you make up your mind as an organization that, Hey, if, if Jamar Chase is there, because you knew quarterbacks are going to the top three, so you had a good idea. It's kind of a benefit of this year. If Jamar Chase is there, that's our guy. You know what? I, I think we used every every day, every hour that we had all the way up until until the day of the draft. Um, there was there was medical, not specifically on these top guys, but you know, this year was just such a unique year. There was medical information coming up all the way up until the day of the draft on these guys. Um, you know, just with uh, with without the normal combine. Um, so we didn't want to rush rush to uh, to a conclusion too quickly. Um, I think we had it in our mind uh, several days before the draft. That's that's where it was going to head. But, you know, as far as making a final decision, I don't think it was till you know, maybe maybe the day before the draft. Um, and then, you know, we, everybody was on board with it. Like I said, we had great discussions and, you know, every, everybody's moving forward with the, the decision. And, and we thought the rest of the draft played out for us at the at the other positions you know, as far as the depth on our draft board um, and, you know, other other neat areas that we wanted to address. Let's talk about the rest of the draft a little bit, starting with the second round pick in Jackson Carmen. Going into day two, Bengals fans, I know we're talking about, oh, man, go trade up and get Tevin Jenkins. You guys instead do the opposite. You trade back. You take Jackson Carmen. Coach Taylor, after the pick, said that you guys were comfortable taking Jackson Carmen at 38 if you hadn't found the trade back opportunity. What was it about Jackson Carmen's skill set 
that made him more attractive to you guys than some of the other offensive linemen that were available there because deservedly or not, and I would say not because we don't know what these guys are going to look like in the NFL yet. A lot of fans are sitting here thinking, well, why didn't they take the, the Tevin Jenkins kid who was higher on all the consensus boards? Right. Um, you know, just speaking specifically about Jackson, we think he's an AFC North, uh, you know, style of, of offensive lineman who, who's got versatility to play guard or tackle. Uh, very intelligent guy. He plays violent. That's, that's what stands out to me. Uh, he's done it at a high level, protecting the number one pick in this year's draft at left tackle. And then he's going to protect the number one pick from last year's uh, draft coming in, coming in here to Cincinnati. So we love his versatility. We love his intelligence. Um, like, like I mentioned, the athleticism, the physicality, um, you know, he, he's really got a well-rounded game. He's the big, physical, powerful type of guy that, that we wanted to add to our offensive line room and, and create that identity and, and, you know, add him to this physical division that we have. You know, we, we, we look at all, at all the rankings that are out there, you know, publicly and, and you know, you, you talk to buddies around the league and everything like that. You know, there's obviously – that's what makes the, the draft so great. You know, everybody's got, got opinions on it. And, um, you know, that, that drives up the interest level in the draft. You know, it's, uh, it's, you know, obviously something that, that I'm very passionate about. And, um, you know, we, we respect, uh, you know, all, all of the opinions that, that are out there. Um, you know, I, I don't want to talk about anybody else specifically, but I, I do think, uh, first of all, we, we really like the depth in this offensive line class or, or else we, we wouldn't have, of rolled the dice, you know, and, and addressed it, you know, second, fourth, sixth round, like we did, um, you know, all throughout the draft. But second of all, I think w- once you, once you really dig into these guys um, and their medical and their, their character background, you know, football character, personal character, all of that stuff, there's actually a lot more holes in, in these guys, um, you know, both, both as players and their character and their, you know, their injury history than maybe is out there publicly. And that's probably a, a good thing. You know, I, I wouldn't want to put, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, 20, 21, 22 year old kids, personal business um, out there publicly. So there probably is a little bit less depth uh, in the draft, you know, O-line, O-line, as well as other positions than than you would uh, than you would think when you just see all the names out there out there publicly. But Jackson's a guy that, uh, you know, him, he himself had had a, uh, you know, he tweaked his back during the year and, and he had a medical concern as well that, that we needed to uh, needed to address with our doctors. So. You know, no, nobody is, is perfectly clean from that standpoint. But, um, you know, that's that, that's what I would say is is uh, there, we did like the depth, but but there was there was holes in a lot of guys as well that may, maybe wasn't out there publicly. I do have a quick follow up question I want to ask about Jackson Carmen specifically, because when I watch him play left tackle and, and you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, because you probably know a lot more about evaluating offensive line play than I do. But when I watch him play left tackle. He plays left tackle to me like a right guard. Like he wants to get on guys. Maybe that's a product of the Clemson offense a little bit, the RPOs and some of the some of the plays they're calling. But he looks like his skills, and I know you talked about his versatility, really translate well to playing in a phone booth. Do you see some of that with him? Absolutely. You know, I, I would agree with your assessment watching his tape. Like I mentioned, the, the first thing that stands out to me is how violent he plays. Um, you know, he – he honestly probably didn't put uh, exactly what you're going to see at this level out there when he, he was playing through the herniated disc in his back the last five games. So, um, you know, that, that gives me confidence uh, in him. There was a lot of guys that would have used that, that as an excuse to, uh, 
to opt out and, and, and hang it up, but he fought through it. Um, you know, his, his drive, his toughness, you know, the, the physicality he plays with, I would agree translates well to guard. I think he played a little bit of guard in high school, but obviously primarily a left tackle. So, you know, that's part of our job as scouts. It, it is a projection uh, for him to play guard, but the more you talk to him, you know, a, a lot of uh, staff members and coaches there at Clemson that, that I've, I've built up those contacts over the years going through there a lot scouting um you know guys that i trust just just raved about his intelligence and uh and toughness and, and physicality you know they think uh they think he can play play guard at this level and and play it at a high level mike when you you look at offensive line play and that was obviously such a big topic on our show and really across cincinnati over the past six months or so you, you go from taking jackson carmen and round to clemson obviously he had, he played in the biggest of big games and then round four, Deontay Smith, ECU, you know, a, a guy on the completely opposite end of the spectrum from a, a competition standpoint to a degree. How, what goes into evaluating those two guys? How important was the senior bowl? Because I'm sure there's much, big differences when it's evaluating a Clemson offensive lineman versus someone from uh, East Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I mentioned the projection, you know, it, it, it's a different type of projection. You're projecting a guy from tackle to guard who played at the highest level to a guy that played at a mid, mid major type of program, so to speak. So the senior bowl to answer your question was extremely important. Um, he's, he's got a unique, uh, unique story this year, only playing in one game uh, due to some COVID quarantine issues and, and the, the weight got down in the two eighties. So I liked his tape. You saw the raw traits when you, when you watched the one game you played this year, as well as, you know, going back to the 2019 tape, He's obviously got, you know, extreme length, 35 inch arms, huge wingspan, really quick feet. So you see the raw traits on his tape, but he's playing down in the 280s. Um, he gets up, I believe, to 292 uh, for the senior bowl. Did some extremely impressive things there, you know, against against maybe some better competition of what he than what he was seeing week to week there playing at ECU. Um, did, did impressive things playing both at, at uh, tackle and at guard. Uh, he took some reps there inside at the senior bowl as well. And then, you know, moving on in the process, he shows up, you know, he, he adds an additional 13 pounds or so to his frame and shows up at 305 at the, uh, at the pro day, had an impressive pro day as well. You know, a ton of O-line coaches there to, uh, to work him out. And then, you know, through our, through our scouting process, our scouts did great work on the, on the background uh, with him. You know, he, he's been, you know, some of these guys don't have the frame to, to hold a ton of weight. He's been up in the three thirties, uh, you know, in, in his past, he just had some, some issues with the COVID stuff this year that the, that the weight was fluctuating. And we feel pretty confident about, um, you know, putting a plan in place, uh, you know, talking to our nutritionists, talking to our strength staff, um, you know, are getting our player development people on board with, with putting a place, a plan in place for Deontay to be as successful as possible uh, with us. You know, I, I think as long as he can keep that weight up, you know, that's, that's the main thing he's going to have to do. And then obviously adjust to the, to the speed of the game. And we think we've got a heck of an O-line coach and Frank Pollock, who's going to uh, do a really, really good job. I, I believe developing him. And I think the, uh, the ceiling is really high with Deontay. Some of the biggest fanfare in this fan base around the hiring of an offensive line coach. I mean, there haven't been too many in recent history in Cincinnati, but I know people are really excited for Frank Pollock and I'm excited to see what he does with Deontay Smith's length in particular, 35 inch arms certainly don't grow on trees or maybe they do grow on trees more than they grow on people. But I, I was actually a little disappointed when I turned on Tulane and ECU this year. I didn't realize Deontay Smith only played one game last year. I was excited to watch Cam Sample get some reps 
against Deontay Smith in that in that two-lane ECU game. Didn't get to see it, but I do want to switch gears, talk about the defensive line, and we'll get into that with Mike Potts coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. And I get it. The NFL draft is over. Well, guess what? You have overs and unders. You can bet on how many touchdowns Jamar Chase is going to catch for your Cincinnati Bengals this season. Plus, NBA, NHL, all of your UFC and MMA action in one spot. So go there right now, betonline.ag. And when you sign up for free and you go to make that first deposit, Make sure you use promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. It is that simple. Get in on the action at BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Built Bar has a great flavor that everyone will enjoy, whether it's coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, you name it, they will have a flavor that appeals to you. Plus, they have those limited time flavors like coconut brownie chunk that are my personal favorites that come out from time to time. And I hear Mother's Day is coming up. We did that Blue Nile ad, those rings. Well, I know most moms love Built Bars. And if you want your mom to be as jacked as James Rapine, send her a box. And you're sure to be your favorite, at least until those built Bars run out and you need to get her a new box. So whatever the flavor is, go browse them. BuiltBar.com. You'll find something that you'll love. They're going to be high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories. And you'll save 15% right now by using promo code LOCKED15. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% at BuiltBar.com. Mike, I said I wanted to start talking about the defensive line picks. You guys opt for the the nose tackle type for defensive tackle in the fourth round. And I know you don't want to compare players. A personal draft crusher mine was Tommy Togiai from OSU. Goes a few picks later, I believe, in the fourth round to the Cleveland Browns. I'll never get to root for him again. That's okay. You guys get Tyler Shelvin. I got to go watch Tyler Shelvin play against Landon Dickerson. That was a lot of fun for me. But what goes into that decision when you've got a guy like DJ Reader on the team? Maybe on paper you're lacking depth at three tech a little bit more. Instead, you go for the Tyler Shelvin in in a class that I guess is relatively shallow for interior defensive linemen anyway. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a few things. I, I think, um, le- like I mentioned with some of these guys showing their versatility at the Senior Bowl, uh, Cam Sample is a guy that, that really got a chance to rush from the interior more at the senior bowl. So we, we got a chance to see him do that more. He's, I think he was only 267 at his pro day, but he played up closer to 280. So he is, he is a bigger body. You know, a lot, a lot of the guys, a lot of times the guys get their weight down to try to run a faster 40 and, and test better at the, uh, at the pro day. But he's a guy that, that can give us some interior uh, rush there, you know, you know, from a pass rush standpoint. And then you just look at our division. Obviously we, we got really banged up on at the defensive tackle position last year, you know, three or four guys, went down. We also had Josh Tupau um, opted out. So we really, we really thinned out there. And, you know, when we look at Tyler Shelvin, we, we see, you know, a prototypical um, run plugging AFC North style of, of nose tackle. I mean, some of the, uh, obviously we didn't get to see him this play this year with the opt out, but some of the clips he put on during LSU's run in 2019, where he leaped, especially in the run game. I mean, he's, a, he's an extremely hard guy to move. And when you match up with teams like Baltimore and, and Cleveland and Pittsburgh, you know, teams that have historically and and recently loved to uh, to run the ball down your throat. 
you know, I don't think you can have too many guys like that. So it was, it was a combination of, of our division. What else, what else we added, uh, you know, in the draft and in free agency as well with Larry Ogunjobi, who we think can give us some interior rush as well. Uh, Mike Daniels can give us some of that. And then, you know, we also added Wyatt Hubert in the seventh round who we didn't think would be there. And he's another guy that, that showed off some, uh, some prowess as an interior rusher at the senior bowl as well. You know, maybe, maybe uh, got more exposure at that than we got to see uh, during on his, on his Kansas state tape. Um, so, you know, uh, I think, I think Tyler's is a guy that uh, his best football is, is hopefully uh, ahead of, ahead of him for us. And then, you know, he's, he's also come into a situation where he's got some former teammates on staff. So it'll make the transition or not on staff on, on the roster. Um, and, and that'll make the transition there. Hopefully uh, that much more smooth, but we're, we're really excited to, uh, to, to get him in our building and uh, add him to our D line. And, and like I said, just add more size and physicality up front. Spending a few more minutes with Bengals director of college scouting, Mike Potts and Mike, let's go to the, the fifth rounder, Evan McPherson. Uh, I, I think, um, me, everybody probably wonders what goes into scouting a kicker in, in what, what boxes did he have to check where you're like, yeah, this guy is worth the 149th overall pick. He can hold down this spot, you know, for the next five to 10 years, if things get right, what, what do you have to do on that end? What does Darren Simmons do? Because kicker, I think it gets overlooked and it's obviously yeah. a really important position. Absolutely. That's, uh, you know, I think Darren discussed it. Um, I was down there at the Florida Pro Day with Darren and Zach as well. Um, and, you know, this, this is this is one of the most important positions. You know, as you guys know, so many of these NFL games come down to to a field goal, you know, a few points here or there. And, and it can be the difference in in winning multiple games, you know, at the end of the year and your win loss record. Um, but, you know, um, this guy, this guy really uh, popped on my radar. I, I knew about him going into the season, but I didn't. He, he's only a junior, so I, I didn't think he was a guy that was that was likely to come out early. You know, especially as a, as a kicker. But I, I was at the game. Uh, we we weren't able to go into uh, normal school visits to see practice this year with the COVID situation. But I was at the Florida at Ole Miss their their opening game, um, and he he hit a fifty five yarder in that game. The ball just jumped off of his leg are off of his foot. And, uh, and, you know, I, I just, uh, I was wild by that, you know, that was kind of the first real impression that I had of him, you know, and, and he was a guy that I just wanted to continue to track throughout the year. And then he obviously had a, had a heck of a year hitting a ton of, ton of kicks over 50 plus yards. And then, and then the pro day was outstanding. Uh, Darren got to spend a ton of time with him. There was a bunch of special teams coordinators there to, uh, to get an up close look at him. Obviously, with the, with the unique year this year, there there was no private workouts. I know a lot of special teams coaches like to like to do private uh, deals with the with these kickers, but that wasn't allowed. So, uh, you know, if you wanted to if you wanted to get a chance to see him up close kick uh, live and in person, the pro day was the chance to do it. And there was obviously a ton of interest in him. Um, we we did a we did a lot of research and homework. Uh, you know, looking into teams around the league that could potentially have have kicker needs. Um, you know, and it didn't hurt that we that we added those extra two fourth round picks. You know, we, we were able to to address some other positions that we wanted to, like I like I said, beef up the offensive and defensive line there in the fourth round. And uh, we when it came down to it, we had a lot of discussions, did a lot of research. And we, we felt if, if we didn't take Evan there uh, in the fifth round, we didn't think he was going to be available to us in the sixth round. Um, and we didn't want to. He was he was our clear cut guy that we targeted at that position. And uh, we think it's a difference making position. So uh, as opposed to letting other people make the decision for us, we went and got the guy that we wanted. 
Oh, I don't think anybody can blame you, especially if it, it works out. I, I think last thing for us, Mike, and you've been great with your time. I'm just curious, and you can go as back as far as you want, but if there's one hit, one guy that you championed in the, the draft room at some point during your career uh, that, that you remember most that ended up working out in the NFL and you would put on your resume, could, could you give us a name, a player or two that, that stand out and fit that description? Oh, that's, that's tough. I, I, I mean, it, I don't, I don't want to give you like a cliche line. I mean, cause it's, it's such a, such a group effort in scouting there. It's never, there's never just one guy that, that makes the decision unless you're, unless you're the GM, to be honest with you, you, uh, you cringe more at the guys that, that maybe went a couple picks before you and, uh, and you weren't able to get, and then you see them scoring touchdowns on, on Sunday in the league, you, you cringe more about them or, or, you know, maybe you, you cringe on the guys that you're a little bit too low on. And, and uh, you, you know, you, I think you're, you're always have to be critical of yourself and evaluate your yourself. So I, I'd, I'd rather not put, put, uh, put that out there as far as, as far as a guy that, that I brought in. Um, I, I do think Mr. Brown does, does a phenomenal job of, of listening to the, uh, to our personnel staff. And, uh, and I, I think we, we have a really, really strong voice in the room. Um, you know, I, I love, working here because of that. I, I think he really respects my opinion. Um, so, so when I do speak up, I, th- I think it means something. So, so I will say that. And, and that's, uh, that's what you want as a scout. You want, you, you want the, uh, the respect of the people that you work with on the, uh, you know, from, from an ownership level, from an executive level, uh, front office and coaching staff. So uh, we, we definitely have a strong voice here. And, uh, and, you know, I, I think we got a lot of guys in this draft and, and past drafts that uh, that myself and other members of our scouting staff have really stood on the table for. So I, I, I hate to uh, I hate to take the uh, the cop out there, but I, I don't want to uh, I don't want to point point the attention like specifically to uh, to one guy. Fair enough, Mike. We really appreciate your time and insight into the 2021 Bengals draft class. I know we didn't get time to talk about everyone but I'm sure our listeners will really enjoy some of the process you were able to talk about. Thanks for coming on and talking with us. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate you having me. We hope you enjoyed that conversation with the Bengals director of college scouting, Mike Potts, very generous with his time, very in-depth with some of his answers there. I really enjoyed that. And if you enjoyed that, you might enjoy James and me breaking down every draft pick that the Bengals made. We have four great episodes of content for you, five actually, including the instant reaction to the Jamar Chase pick. We've got a a day one recap. We've got a day two recap, a day three recap, and a full draft recap episode where we even graded the entire draft for the Bengals. So a bunch of content out there for you. We've got the mailbag coming up in a couple of days too. So get those questions ready for Thursday. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.